three, two, one. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Conversing with Chris and Misa, the podcast. Today is Monday. It is November 23rd and approximately 7.45 in the p.m. on a beautiful evening in El Paso, Texas, guys. Today, we are back. Unfortunately, Misa's not here. He is visiting a ancient burial ground of some sorts. I don't know what he's doing. So he's not here today. Thought he was on a safari. No, Lena was on the Lena safari was on last safari. time. Okay. Uh, Misa's at visiting some sort of ancient Indian burial ground. We'll get into that later, maybe. Um, but um, today, guys, uh, producer of the podcast, you guys have seen him. Nick is here. He's stepping up to the plate. So say what's up, dude. What's going on, guys? Good to be back. And for episode 52 of Conversing with Chris and Misa, the, the podcast, we have a very special guest. His name is Michael Kelly, a.k.a. Barber Pro. Go ahead and say what's up to the podcast, man. What's up, everybody? Thanks for having me on, man. Hey. Let's go. Well, first off, man, we want to we thank you for coming on the podcast today, uh, spending a little bit of time uh, with us. Me and you, we connected through IG and uh i i actually don't even know how i came across your page but i found your page somehow and then after you know doing a few episodes of this podcast and decided we were trying to get some more guests involved uh, i decided to reach out to you so shout out to you f- for being on here for sure man thank you for that no problem man it's my pleasure i love doing podcasts and anytime i have a chance to chat and you know kind of get to know people i take advantage of it because uh the bigger network you have you know a lot of good things can happen. So, yep. yeah, yep. dude, for sure. There's there's something to be said about networking and, you know, kind of building um, a kind of like a circle of people that, you know, and even if you're, they're complete strangers at first, like is the situation with us, um, you know, we're still going to come on here and, uh, you know, talk it out and, and get to know each other. So I really enjoy the art of podcasting, guys. But so for the people that don't know, our friend uh, Michael Kelly here, he's a barber, barber pro, actually. So we're going to get into a little bit about that. Uh, we're going to talk to him about, you know, how he got inspired to do haircuts, things like that. And then at the end of the uh, the pod, we'll do some five random questions. But before we get into that, guys, we have a tradition on this podcast that we need to abide by. <laughs> and we're not going to waver. And that tradition is called the, the celebratory cracking of the beer. I'm wavering, guys. My bad. And it sounds like this. Oh, oh. So let me indulge real fast. Cheers. Salud. Cheers to you, Mike. I see you're having an alcoholic beverage tonight. I like that. So what are you drinking on? Yes, I am going sophisticated tonight, man. I got the Merlot popping tonight, man. Hey, hell yeah. Nice, dude. I like that. A little sophistication here on the podcast. Yeah, for popping once. some wine bottles. And you know what? I'm kind of I'm kind of sophisticated. I'm drinking the champagne of beers, <laughs> Miller High Life, right? Nice. So I, I, I'm trying at least, right? So, okay, dude, one of the things that I talked to you about when we were talking on Messenger is that I asked you if you were born and, ra- and born and raised here in El Paso because I saw that you were a locally based barber. And to me, you know, normally people are born and raised here, but you said you grew up in upstate New York. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, man. Uh, I was born and raised actually in uh, outside of Buffalo and uh, Go Bills. Hey, but hey, when, I be, when I became a teenager, I uh, moved towards the Hudson Valley area, which is like Kingston, Poughkeepsie area. And that's really where I started cutting hair as a teenager. So that's kind of like my, my roots, as I would say. And nice. uh, I mean, New York is 
I mean, man, everyone has their own, uh, I guess, idea of New York. But to me, New York was just a great experience because I, it gave me a good worldview early on uh, because of uh, being a melting pot and a uh, mixture of cultures everywhere. It really, uh, man, it was a good foundation to have. I'm glad I, I'm glad I went, went and had that, uh, I guess, upbringing in New York State. So Nice. So going back to that real fast, you said go Bills. Um, are you a big sports fan? Are you like you're super into to, to the sports scene up there or just like certain teams? When my career gets really busy, I don't even know what's going on in the sports world. But with COVID and all right. this, I've doubled down in the sports hard. Like I'm even collecting uh, basketball and football cards now. So <laughs> I'm, uh, I guess that you could say right now, yeah, I am. I'm a Lakers fan. I'm a Bills fan and a Yankees fan. Those are my, those are my guys. Okay, so, for sure. I was going to say right, up, right away, once you told me you were from New York, I was like, I bet this motherfucker is a Yankees fan, man. Because like I, it, it comes hand in hand. You know what I mean? You know, I've never met a Mets fan before, yeah. like at all. Like anyone I've met from New York is a Yankee fan. Like it's crazy. I've never met a Mets fan that I liked, <laughs> or a Jets fan. I never meet Jets fans either, or a Boston fan. Yeah, you know, you know it's no, screwed. I'm, 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 I don't like kidding. Boston. I'm, okay, so yeah, just a quick uh, little uh, note on some sports there, but yeah, like I said, I knew you were going to be a uh, Yankees fan. Um, I'm surprised you're actually not a Knicks fan, but I guess yeah. you kind of just gave up on that and I would understand why they're a terrible <laughs> team. Yeah, I mean, the glory days are very far behind us. And and to be honest, uh, being from Buffalo, New York, originally as a kid where my dad would cheer the Bills and the Sabres and the Yankees, we, I guess I just didn't really pay attention to the Knicks because Michael Jordan was at his peak. So I watched MJ all day, there you know, you and yeah. it was all about the MJ show. So. Watch him just tear up teams just yeah, every yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, why yeah, would pretty why, much. Why would you watch the Knicks when you can watch Chicago Bulls, you know what I mean? Right. Like it doesn't make any sense. So, let's go back to coming coming uh, or growing up in New York. I think when a lot of people think of living in New York, they think the big city, the big apple. Um, being from upstate, that's not really that the case there, right? It's it's a different type of living, right? Yeah, so the way I describe it to my friends is that when I lived outside of Buffalo, I lived basically in, in real suburbs and farmland. And then when I was 13, from 13 to 19, I lived in upstate New York, which is the Hudson Valley area, about an hour and a half north, if you follow the river, the Hudson River up, about an hour and a half north of New York City. And that was during the 9-11 and all that stuff. And for me to explain it to my friends is that, yes, I lived in suburbia, but a lot of my friends, uncles, parents all travel to the city to work. So even though I didn't grow up in the big city and I wasn't a part of the hustle bustle like that, there was still a culture of speed and a culture of um, <laughs> perceived ru- rudeness <laughs> um, and just all that, you know, and, and, a, and a mixture of culture. So I got a little taste of it, but I didn't ever, you know, um, indulge in living there. I didn't ever move to New York City for even a week or even a weekend. I just would go see the Knicks get beat you know, maybe do some shoe shopping at Dr. J's and, uh, you know, just, just try to be a city kid for a day and then go back to upstate and show all my friends my cool shit that I bought. Nice. <laughs> That's you, pretty much it. You you're know? a big that sneaker head. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Cool. That's what's up. And then, yeah, like I guess living over there, you know, like, well, you don't think of it from our perspective because I myself have never been to New York. I know Nick hasn't either. I've never been. So, you know, we had a band, um, Dr. Bleezus on the podcast a few episodes back. Go, go back and check that out, guys. Um, those guys were actually from New, New Jersey and upstate New York. So they gave us this perspective of living up there. They went to Penn State University. Uh, so we got a feel of, you know, what that kind of environment is like. But it's totally different from here. 
Um, what what do you what would you say is like one of the main cultural differences growing up over there or living over there and then you coming down to El Paso? At 19 years old, you know you're 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 immature, you're stupid, and you're thinking with your dick mostly. So I hey. I mean at that age, I just was angry that we moved and I was upset with the cultural shift that I had to deal with and I didn't understand. Uh, so I, I mean, from my perspective, which is just me, right? Uh, I just think the major thing I was really seeing a huge difference in was the speed of which people move in New York compared to El Paso. And I don't even say parts of Texas too, man. I've, I've, I've traveled quite a bit actually in my life, but at 19, I think the biggest thing I could say was that it was hard for me to drive slower, to speak slower, to move slower. It was just a speed thing. Um, that's just really tough, man. And, and even though we had multiple, multiple cultures in New York, it didn't help to be stuck in only one culture. And El Paso has their own culture. The border town life is very specific. It's almost like we're an island without water. We are to ourselves. We have this own little culture here. And it was really hard to like key in on that at first. Maybe I was just a dumb 19-year-old. Whereas in New York, you have to be really, I guess, savvy with other cultures and being able to... Um, is diversify your approach with people, you know. Whereas in El Paso, I think most people are really friendly and they're, and they're easy to kind of go up to. And occasionally you have your your rude ones like anywhere else. But for the most part, people here are, are pretty, you know, pretty chill. They're they're good folks. And I think that was the big thing is trying to understand this culture and how specific it was. Whereas in New York, there's so many different ones, and you had to be really open, I guess, to how you approach people. So. Well, El Paso is like its own little world. It's crazy. Like I just moved back from San Antonio and it's just oh, like a whole different culture over there too. You know, it's more diverse. I think there's more hustle over there. Yeah. Like it's just, we're just in the middle of nowhere. Like, and it's just its own world, man. It's crazy. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. And then, yeah, I mean, you can't even begin to compare like living anywhere close to that lifestyle or that pace of lifestyle in the Northeastern part of the country. Right. It's not just solely New York city. Um, but also living out west or living, you know, in, in Atlanta, there's a pace there that you you don't get from living here in El Paso because yet. I mean, there's a lot of people here, but it's yeah. not a bustling like hub. You know what I mean? It's just like your own little city. So um, how did you get like or why did you guys even move here? I, I'm assuming it was the decision of your parents, right? Yeah. At 19, I, I had just finished barber school and. I had broken up with a girl and I was angry and emotional upset. And I just said, you know what? I'm going to show her. I'm going to move my family out to, you know, El Paso because at the time I didn't have my barber license yet. So I wasn't like hundred percent confident of making it out there, even though I knew I was talented and I had a knack for it. You know, this is 2004 barbering is not like it was now. Right. Um, it, you know, we weren't respected like we are now. So back then I just thought, ah, I'm going to, I'll, I'll make some money in El Paso. I'll show them how to fade and then I'll, I'll go back all arrogant, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'll show these guys, you know. Yeah, I'll show and then them. I'll just go. I'll Paso. make. I'll make my money and fly back. And it didn't happen. I met a beautiful woman and got married, had kids, and that whole story. You guys have heard it through the military guys. Same thing. Military guys meet a nice lady here, <laughs> yep. and then they want to retire <laughs> and have a family. And next thing you know, uh, these guys yeah. know where all the good cuts of steak are at Albertsons and all this other <laughs> shit. They're having the bomb ass barbecues and shit. <laughs> you can just call them all out okay, right there, hold bro. On. Yeah, hold on. I got a few things to say on that. I got a few. Number one, it's funny about the Albertson scene because my dad is a butcher there and he's the one that cuts the steak. So he tells me <laughs> about this shit all the time. No cap. The other thing that you said about how you come to El Paso and I can only imagine. And the best way I like to compare it is you come here to play like basketball for UTEP, right? 
and you're like, hell yeah, I'll go play. They've won a title. Like, you know, like it's not the worst place. I didn't get into the school I wanted, but fuck it. I'm going to play. And then you come here and then uh, you see this Spanish Latina girl and you fall in love. And then it, sh- it just changes the trajectory of your life. Right? Dude. It's crazy. <laughs> it's absolutely the most crazy. common tale. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So, oh, you're not from El Paso, but you're still here. What happened? Oh, you met a girl. Okay, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> you fell into the trap. So, we all do it. So real fast, uh, you said you had, uh, you said, I've seen on your, following you on IG, I see you, ha- you have at least one kid, right? Or did I see two on there? Yeah, I have two. I have a uh, 12-year-old son and my daughter is two. Okay. So how is the virtual situation with... Um, your oldest kid, like school wise, how is that working out? Cause I saw you post something like online, like I think she's supposed to be in class or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, my son is a uh, introvert. So for introverts, I feel like this is the best thing in the world that's ever happened to any uh, kid who is an introvert because he's got like a 98 average, like across the board. He's a, he's, I mean, he's a smart kid, but I've never seen his numbers this high. I mean, he's, he's killing it and he seems happy yeah, he misses his friends here and there, but he's an introvert. So I would say this is a drastic shift for kids right now. Like if you're an extrovert and you love to get hands-on, like you need hands-on kind of education or you require a community of friends, then I say this is probably the worst shit for you ever because yeah. some of these kids need attention like like one-on-one, you know? Yeah, and uh, for, sure. for my son, it's been a blessing, but I know I talk to other parents. It's not so easy for them, man. I know it's, it's a lot tougher. So with him, it's been great. So- that's good. I mean, wonderful. You, you see it across the board. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of hard because parents are put into difficult situations and then their kids have like a learning style and a style that benefits like their their the way they're going to develop, you know, so. Well, you have to be their teacher, too. Yeah. Like, not just their parent. You yeah, know? for sure. Yeah. Especially now you have to be their yeah. fucking teacher. I mean, before, mm-hmm. obviously, you could lax on that because, you know, they go to school. But now it's like now you have to really take sole responsibility for their development and their growth and being able to keep up with, you know, their pace of their age group and how kids are learning at, at, at that age, you know? Right. So it's pretty crazy, man. And shout out to you. You guys, you guys have kids or I, I have four little sisters. So, uh, one of them's eight right now. And then one of them's 12. And then I have another 13 year old sister and I have a 22 year old sister. She's not in school, but the youngest one, it's, it's hard for her. Cause she's at that age. You need to be in the classroom. Uh, you need to uh, surround yourself with other kids. You know, I mean, she gets bored at home. Like, I, I see how hard it is on her and my mom because, you know, she's just so, like, kind of, like, well, like, attentive, I guess. Like, yeah. she just wants to move around all day. You know, she's stuck in the same room all day, eight hours a day. And it's hard for her, man. You can see the struggle that they're going through right now. But uh, my 12-year-old sister, you know, she, I think she's at the age where she could handle it on her own. Like, she's smart enough to, like, do her homework and go to class and do all that shit, you know? So, I think the younger ones have it rough right now. Yeah, but, no, I don't have any kids. Neither does he. He just has siblings. But, um, yeah, lo- like, luckily, like, I, you know, I, I don't have kids right now because it just hasn't worked out in that way. But at the same time, now more than ever, you're like, dude. Yeah. God, like, you know, because the struggle is real, dude. You know yep. what I mean? It's one thing having to take care of yourself and maybe, like, your partner, your girlfriend. But, like, when you have, like, a family that depends on you, man, that's, like, a whole nother deal. And then a global pandemic, that shit doesn't make it any easier. Nope. So um, how did 100%. you... 100%. So you said you went to barber school, right? But, like, how did you figure out that you like cutting hair? Like, what was it that, like, made that click for you? 
I, you know, I was always into art, even in high school, I did really well in art class and, and all that. And, uh, I guess I just, you know, I was raised in church. This is kind of, a, I guess, three dimensional answer, but you know, I was, I had a background in art. I was raised in church and I was taught that if you could service people, you could somehow, you know, effectively, um, service someone and inspire them and create a, a, I guess, a better impact for their life, uh, then you should do it. And I wasn't really trying to do the church thing per se, because as a, as a pastor's son, you know, you, you either run to it or run from it. And I was a run from it kind of pastor's kid. And so I said, but I do believe that we should be helping people. And I do believe I should be able to touch people's lives. So initially it was, Hey, I can help service another human being, change their appearance, maybe give them a good word. You know, that was it. And so I kind of, I kind of pursued it and being 2003, 2004, you know, like it was urban lifestyle was, was on fire. It was the come up. It was tapers, fades, edge ups, you know, uh, it was when Eminem and Dre were huge. So like all that stuff, (laughs) all that culture, the barbershop movies, fast and furious, all this stuff came into play into like the cool pop art of the time. So I just, with all that together, it was like, Oh, and it's natural. I should cut hair because I like fashion. I want to help people. It just made sense. I'm good at art. So that's what I did. Yeah. So you would say that like the culture was really the source of almost like your inspiration in a way, right? I wouldn't say just the culture, but it was definitely was a chunk of it. I think that, you know, I think that it was um, a little bit of luck because I don't think that when I was like 12, I was like, I'm going to cut hair, even though I had family members that cut hair as well. But I think that what happened was I just tried something without fear. I just was like, I'm going to grab some Walmart clippers and fuck my brother's hair up in the, in the basement and see what happens, you know, <laughs> and that's what I did. And it, and it, you know, and either <laughs> you, either you have a moment and you're like, I like it, you know, yeah. you know, if you like your finger in your butt or you don't, that's, you're going <laughs> to yeah. go right away. You know what I'm saying? It's the same. <laughs> yep. I cut his hair and I was like, I, I like this right away. As soon as I did the haircut, I was like, this is good. I like this. I'm going to do this again. <laughs> you just keep doing it. You know? And, uh, uh that's it, man. I, and yes, I could credit the, the barbershop culture or the culture of, you know, urban, the urban community at the time. Um, you know, having a lot of friends that were more minorities anyway, in high school, it was natural for me to talk about fades and tapers and where I got my haircut from. We, we always did. So I guess all of it, it was a culmination just was kind of meant to be. So, and I got lucky because there's a lot of people that they start barbering at like 25, 30 years old. And it's like, you know, and, and of course, you know, they're like, man, I'm so far behind. I'm like, I got you. Cause I started at 17. So you know, I feel lucky to stumble upon that for straight from high school transitioning into a career already. That was, you know, I got very lucky. So, yeah, dude, that doesn't happen for it for everyone. And actually, that doesn't happen to most people. Like I'm thinking of myself like, fuck, no, like I'm still going to school and I graduated in 2009 and I still haven't fought, found like my career of, of choice that I know. I'm like, this is what I want to do forever. I'm still like constantly learning and trying new experiences. So I've always thought like, yeah, if you have your shit together when you're young and you figure out like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to study or this is what I'm going to pursue a career. And, and it doesn't even have to be like being a barber, but maybe I'm going to go fucking work on cars or go fucking develop a trade. You know what I mean? Like those people, like, it's almost like they have this advantage in life because they're like kickstarted in their career right away, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's funny because my mom had really pushed me to, to learn barbering because she said, oh, you can use that in college. And I never went to college yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I knew I wasn't going to, <laughs> but I didn't tell her that because they would have been mad because, you know, they're old school. They wanted me to be like, uh, I don't know. They wanted me to have a, a degree and a piece of paper that said, hey, you're a really smart guy and you can make this much money. But really, I, I just I knew I wasn't going to go to college. 
But I was like, yeah, mom, I'm a trade. That's yeah. what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm going to cut hair in college for money because college kids have so much money. Yeah, because so college kids yeah. are going to be shelling out cash right? for fucking haircuts. <laughs> like, no, that's not how it works. I, I like what you said, like, to, like when you make like an impact on someone's life. Because like I know like every time I get a haircut, man, I feel like the fucking greatest person <laughs> in the world, you know? And it's you could get, I mean, like a guy that's struggling. So you could get someone off the street that's struggling so hard and fade him up. And man, I bet you he'll feel like fucking a million dollars, you know, right after that cut. So I think that's fucking cool. So I have a question. Is the best feeling in the world the shower after a fresh cut? Is that the best feeling or is it just a moment after the fresh cut? Which one is it? It depends on the haircut you get. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If I, okay, because to me, it's I'll, I'll, it's definitely the shower after when I run my hands through my hair and there's nothing there. And I'm like, fuck <laughs> yes. It's orgasmic, bro. I swear to God. Correct. Like the shorter the haircut, the better it feels after the shower because of how soft yes. the hair feels. You can literally feel that smooth little <laughs> felt like cut, you know? Yeah. But if you have like longer hair like mine, like this... This actually feels great right out of the chair. I mean, if you're lucky, the maybe the stylist or barber shampoos your hair. But with my hair being longer, if I had like a longer uh, cut style, I love blow getting my hair blow dried really, really nicely, and then walking out of the chair because it feels like you're set up for a movie scene or something. You're like you walk out of there going like, I'm ready to like take pictures or something. Like I'm ready to I'm ready to put on a collar and yeah. be somebody. All yeah, eyes are on you and shit. But I think yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're yeah. like, oh, I feel good. You know? But it just <laughs> yeah. depends on the cut, man. Like you know. The short haircuts always feel hella good when they're fresh. Yeah. So good. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. So when you when you were uh, like when you were trying to become a barber, you said you would practice on your brother, right? But did you ever fuck up somebody's hair like pretty bad, like a client, and you're like, I don't really know what to do about this. <laughs> like I don't know. How, like I don't know if I should say something now or do I wait or? Okay, so I'll be honest with you. If I fucked <laughs> someone's haircut up really bad, I don't know if. Okay, I think I only have like two instances where I did it and the one I didn't think was that bad. I think maybe the client was just being hard on me and knew I was like really insecure at the time because I was young. And then the other one was um, I generally fuck this dude's haircut. <laughs> I, I cut his lip, man. Oh, <laughs> I sliced like I sliced his lip. Not like when you nick somebody. I mean, I literally sliced like a gash, his lip. Like a fucking gash yeah. in your lip. Oh, straight, razoring, straight razoring his mustache. I literally Ooh. just... I was in barber school and I thought I was beyond where I was because, you know, people would talk me up and stuff. So I felt all confident and I went in there with a ra straight razor and I sliced his lip ugly. <sighs> God damn mm -hmm. it. That sounds terrible. You feel like shit, man. You feel like total shit. And I'm like, dude, uh, I don't know. Like, I just, <laughs> I don't know what to do. I was like, just putting pressure on it. Like, I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> You're just looking at him. A towel, a little barber towel right here, pushing on his lip. <laughs> yeah, I was like, like, oh my God. You're going to be fine. I'm never going to do this again. You don't have to tip me, by the way, but you're going to be fine. <laughs> How'd you feel after, like, your uh, next cut? Lucky. Like, right after, like, did you well, feel like, fuck? I stopped cutting hair for like three days after that. No. <laughs> He's like, hold up, hold up. I need to reevaluate this shit, man. Right. <laughs> that's hilarious. So dude. I think, like, that's probably the worst thing, but, you know, I got lucky because the, the, guy that I cut on his lip, he was a part of the barber school too. So we were all learning together and he forgave me. And he actually, I got lucky in a lot of ways, man. He, he, he came up to me later after class. He was like, Mike, don't worry about it. He's like, I got really horrible hair. I'm like, no, bro, I shouldn't have done it. Like bad hair or not, like thick hair or not, I shouldn't have done it. And he was like, look, man, you, you can't get discouraged and don't be upset. You got to continue, you know, get back on the horse, you know? And I was like, all right. But, uh, for three days, fuck this man, I'm never touching a razor ever again. <laughs> 
All right. So when, when once you got to El Paso, like, how did you get into the barber business here? Like, were you working at a shop? Like, were you like just doing shit independently? How did that go about? Uh, all right. So when I first got here, I was cutting hair without a license in my kitchen. Um, just re- regulars. I'll meet at the mall or whatever. You know, just handing out little. I had little business cards. I'll write with uh, in pen because I couldn't afford like real business cards yet. So I'll just take a take a card and write like. MRK style or Mike Mike's cuts or something and then just put my phone number on there. And then um, I went back to Albany, New York and I went there and got my uh, New York barber license because I mean, I already completed all the hours already. It was only like a $60 application. So I flew out there, said hi to some friends, passed the test. Thank God. It was so nerve wracking and went right back to Texas thinking I'm going to just cut hair and then I'll, I'll go back to New York, you know, but then Little do you know that at the time in 2004, there was no reciprocity, which means you couldn't take a New York license and then bring it over to another state and say, hey, uh, I'm good to go, right? They're like, no, you're not. You still got to complete our hours that we have in Texas. So it was like go back to school, basically, you know, and long story short, I worked at Dollar General. Uh, I worked at um, Old Navy. I worked at a couple of different places and cutting hair on the side with no license because I just had to do what I had to do, you know, yeah, yeah. cutting boxes at 5 a.m. At, at Dollar General for five bucks, cleaning shitty toilets and shit. But but I realized that I had to learn a lesson because I never did my homework, man. I never checked into Texas before moving. I never checked their laws or anything like that. And I just thought, oh, I'm a barber from New York. I'm the, I'm the shit. I yeah. should just be able to walk in and, and do my shit, which most young guys, I think, think like that. And I had to learn like, man, no, I got I to gotta pay my dues. So it was a great lesson. And probably the most unlucky thing out of all the situation, but it was like uh, it was a great lesson. Yeah. And I got my first job on Fort Bliss because in Fort Bliss you can have a license from any state. Like if you are a nurse or uh, whatever, if you have a license, you can go ahead and, and work on Fort Bliss. So that's what I did, man. And uh, it was like five dollars and ninety five cents a haircut back then. So you want to go from like ten to possibly twelve dollars in New York to five dollars out uh, on Fort Bliss. And that was commission. I wasn't receiving five dollars. I was receiving two dollars and like sixty cents or something like that. A haircut. Man, yeah, the, yeah. the prices compared to now is like crazy. Like that trips me yeah. out a lot. Yeah, because I, I can uh, I imagine now like like because I mean I don't fucking go to a barber for my cut. My shit is fucking. I can do this shit at home, but I've seen people that yeah they go to get a haircut. It's like eighty to ninety bucks, dude. Yeah. Depending on where they go, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, man. It, it's a it's. I guess the, one of the greatest testimonies for any barber or stylist is to start from the ground and have a client grow with you all the way to where you are now. And they're still with you and they're still loyal and they're still paying whatever price you, you say. And I have, I would probably say five to 10 clients, uh, maybe more actually. I never really like, like, you know, totaled it up, but I have clients that paid me, you know, six to $10 in the beginning and now are paying me 60 bucks and up now. And so that's a testament to them and me because, you know, loyalty is hard to come by. And then at the same time, you know, if I wasn't worth it, then they would leave. Or if they didn't find me to be increasing my skills, my knowledge, educating myself on new things, they wouldn't come. And I understand that. So like for me, man, it's, it's one of the greatest things I tell these young guys because they think to themselves are like, damn, that dude paid you $6 and now he's paying you $60 for a haircut. And it's like, yeah, man, that's, it's crazy. And what's wild, man, is that you have clients who had entry-level military, maybe, you know, they were just privates and they had no money. Maybe they could just afford their Jordans and their, their haircut and that'd be it. But those were some of the clients I had. And now they're almost like, you know, 
top dogs in the military and they're going, oh, here's 60 bucks, Mike, no problem. We both grew together. It was dope. And I was just like, boom, like that's amazing to me. And that's how it should be. We should all grow together. And I think if you're a young barber listening to this right now or a tattoo artist or stylist, whatever you are, like that's one of the most important things to understand is that if you got to continue growing because you're going to grow with people who are like you and you're going to support one another and that's going to be huge for your career because that's the backbone of your whole your whole career you know so if you don't grow you're not going to you're not going to have clients that are going to grow too and the growing clients are the ones who will be able to pay over time so yeah hell yeah shout out to that sorry i didn't mean to preach Uh, that's some real shit that's That's some real ass shit dude because it's true like you know like um for ex- yeah, like exactly like you said, if you're a fucking uh, somebody who does nails or you fucking do tattoos or you cut hair, like the more you do it, your skills going to like evolve and get better. And then your 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 final product is going to be better in result of that. And so then that's what allows you to charge people more. But the people that have been with you should be willing to say, hey, yeah, you know what? I'm still going to support him because now his work is getting substantially better than before. And he can't charge me six dollars for the same fucking haircut. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but you know, that haircut's no longer the same anymore. Now that haircut has um, more detail to it than it did yeah. last year yeah. and the year before. Or maybe there's new suggestions or new angles. You, you know, it's overlooked too in the barber world, especially the barber world. Teaching people how to blow dry their hair, what products work, what products don't work, things like that has been totally ignored and i'm trying to change that for a lot of barbers how to properly use shears so you're not like just yanking hair out of people's heads and all that (laughs) there's a lot of things i think um you can add to your game man like you really can bro a lot of cool stuff and then i don't even want to get into social media because that's a whole nother ball game that's That's a whole whole side hustle too but ballpark bro yeah it's wild man but i just feel blessed to be able to do it because you know when i was when i was in 2003 in new york when i just started i never thought that I'd be on a podcast talking to two dudes about what I do. Like, who am I? You know, I'm nobody. I'm just a pastor's son who just like to cut hair because I just wanted to reach people, you know? And it's wild where I've gone. I've gone to Russia, Ireland. I've been lucky enough to go to places that I know, like, I never thought I would be able to do when I was 17 years old, you know, with a pair of $19 Walmart clippers that tugged the shit out my brother's head <laughs> leaving lines in his head and shit but but that's i mean i don't know man it's, it's, it's been cool man it's been a blessing so this this uh the career and and this passion that you have pursued has actually taken you overseas as well yeah brother man i've, I've been so blessed to teach oh, in front yeah. of hundreds of people thousands of people i've been in russia uh ireland uh, i've been to spain um uh, i've been to montreal canada uh, i have yet to teach in mexico believe it or not man uh i haven't taught in mexico yet but i want to um but those are the countries i've been i've been to la new york chicago i mean seattle all texas i mean i've been to amarillo you know the local spots of course las cruces yeah. amarillo san antonio austin I haven't taught class in houston yet um i'm scared to go to houston man it's humid <laughs> it's oh super God. humid over there yeah, yeah, dude. it is okay. it is all right it's so, sticky. so favorite place in texas then that you've been to man Hair-wise or just what I like? Just like to fucking be there. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, you're... Austin. Op- okay, Austin, that's... Yeah. I knew, oh, dude, I yeah, knew that's it. That's the place to be, says. man. That's the yeah. LA of Texas that's right now. That's what everybody fucking says, dude. Yep. Austin, Texas. So weird, but it's just weird enough to enjoy, you yep. know? Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. That's what's up. So, all right. So, we're coming up on the 30-second minute mark here. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. But before we do that... Um, if any of our listeners need to get a fresh cut and tighten up their fit, 
Like, where can they find you? How can they get into contact with you? What is that? What is that process like? I don't want to come across douchey guys, but I'm not taking anyone new right now. I'm just I'm just doing certain clientele because of the COVID. Yeah. I have a, a home studio right now. I'm not working in the public eye right now because of COVID and and all this nonsense. And I'm just trying to be as smart as I can business wise and health wise. So as of right now, but normally I would say Booksy. Booksy is normally where you'd go to book me. Um, but which is an app you just download it and you can find me on there. But uh, right now, yeah, I I can't. But if, for future listeners, if you're listening to this now, go to Booksy. Download the app and just search my name. You'll find me. And wait till COVID. And you can over. get my whole schedule, my whole information, everything. Yeah, dude. And it, it's similar to like what we're doing here. Like normally, like this podcast, we would want to do it in person. You know what I mean? Like it's just like the vibe is. It's a lot like easier to flow, and everything's yeah. like checked yeah. out more when it's in person. So the same here. Like you know, due to COVID, we have to re- revert to the Zoom, but. Um, you know, I respect the, the way you're handling yourself and your business during this time as well. You know what I mean? It's the smartest way to move about things. So um, with that being said, guys, uh, episode number 52 featuring Barber Pro Michael Kelly. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break and uh, we will be right back. All right, guys. So we are back from break. Episode number 52. Conversing with Chris and Misa, the podcast featuring friend of the podcast, Barber Pro, Michael Kelly. Uh, thanks again for being here today, man. Shout out to you. Uh, guys, before we get into this podcast, make sure to go follow us on Facebook, like us on Instagram, Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. So let's get back into this podcast, Mike. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention to you is me and this guy, we're like brothers, right? Yeah. Like we're literally like brothers. We're not brothers. We're cousins, but we grew up together. So the reason I bring that up is because we used to get haircuts together in his parents' kitchen <laughs> by his dad with that 1995 Walmart clipper blade set you had. And they were just buzzing us bald, bro. Yeah. Like I remember that shit like it was yesterday. And shout out my Uncle Mike for that because yeah, he was the one that would cut us up and get us all like like we thought we were getting a fresh yeah. fade back then i was like yeah, no sir. no lineups nothing yeah. like just a straight straight fucking buzz cut. um but yeah um did that ever happen to you when you were a kid or like do you do that to your kids do you cut their hair i cut my kids hair man my son is like my best model when you see his haircut you'll know i just go ape shit on him um but <laughs> when i was when i was a kid i i mean i didn't I didn't have anyone cut. I think my mom tried to cut my hair once. She watched like a VHS tape that came with the clipper <laughs> and she just, she put a ball around my head for the first guide and then she just, she fucked it up, man. I don't know. She tried. She tried her best. I didn't like it. I was crying. I think I didn't like it. She just, but, ha- uh, she just hacked you know. at it, bro. She's like, let me see what I can do with this. I'll figure this out. <laughs> I had a, uh, well, I had a, I had two barbers when I was in high school that inspired me a lot. Uh, shout out to Pasquale and I can't remember the other guy's name, but these two guys, uh, one was really good at fading and blending. And then the other one was really good at edge ups. So Pasquale was really good at fading. Give me that clean taper. Everyone wanted in the two thousands. So, I mean, uh, I would go get cuts with him maybe every two, three weeks. And, uh, we just chatted up and I remember him. I remember going to him before like my graduation and special moments. And yeah, man, that was, that was always nice, you know, cause I made my own money. So I figured, I'm going to spend my own money on my own haircuts and get what I want. My mom would probably, if she had her choice, take me to like uh, some unisex, you know, salon and I'm going to get some 
douchey flip in the front of my hair or some yeah. shit. I don't know. I, I wasn't trying to have all that back then, you know? My mom used to do that to me, dude. Yeah, I'd, dude. I'd go with my, my dad on the weekends, and he'd take me to the fucking old school barbershop, and then on weekends, I was with my mom. She'd take me to the cost cutters, and they'd fucking just, like, style me up like that. <laughs> so I take it, oh, you, uh, oh, I take it you're not a big fan of, like, the, the retail haircut chains out there, right? I mean, being an independent barber, well, why would you be? I just, you know, it's like, you know, it's like when you own your own restaurant and it's a mom pop restaurant or a, or a small business, you're not, you're not mad at Domino's or Applebee's, but you're, you're like, you're not real food, you know, yeah, yeah. but you do need to exist. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm not like saying I hate them or like, you know, because I'm sure those barbers are going to be very successful that started at Supercuts yeah. or Yes We Are Hair or whatever the, you know, Cool Joe's, whatever the hell it is. Uh, sports clips, whatever. Sports clips. <laughs> I'm sure there's people that cut hair there that are going to be beasts yeah, in the yeah, future. Yeah. You know, because yeah. remember, I started the PX. So yeah, yeah. it's a it's so. a stepping stone in a way. You know what I mean? Like you just go there. It's like maybe depending on your situation, it's the first time you're actually getting paid to do cuts. And so you know, you got your foot in the door, and you're like, "Fuck it, dude! I'm gonna like I'm gonna establish myself here." Uh, because there is like a client base that you will still build there in a will- weird way. I remember we used to go to that what this place cuts on time or some shit right here, right there off, off uh, of Red Road. Okay, yeah. Cuts and there on was time. a girl named Janet that I clearly <coughs> remember that every time I would go there, my mom would ask for her, and then she would talk to me. She'd be like, "So you know how's school going? Like, like how was your baseball game or whatever? You know what I mean?" And it was cool because I was like. You know, you really don't have to care. You could just cut my hair and not say anything. Hey, who sliced your <laughs> ear, dude? Remember when you got a haircut? Oh, yeah. Sliced okay. your ear? Yeah, it was not her. It was someone else. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Another barber one time, yeah, they fucking nicked my ear right here. I thought my earlobe was going to fall off, but. Um, <laughs> Why was she cutting there? Like, I you don't had know. no hair right there whatsoever. Yeah, I don't know. It was You're like crazy. six years old, seven years old. <laughs> but yeah, just, dude, after that, I was like, I'm never going to get a fucking haircut again, dude. <laughs> Fuck this. I told my mom, no. Fuck you know, no. fuck no. You know, mom. it's like, uh, you know, it's like, uh, you know, you can go to McDonald's and get a cheeseburger, and thank God McDonald's exists. You know, because sometimes you know a dollar fifty will get you a burger, and if a dollar fifty is all you got in your pocket, and you need a cheeseburger and you're hungry, you're gonna you're gonna get a cheeseburger from McDonald's. Yeah. And that's why I think it's important to have these supercut places and and all that because even though they're maybe they're not like world elite barbers yet or like veterans in the game yet. They get their foot in the door. They give you something you need. And we know we're not expecting no, you know, Anson 11 international food or like, you know, some Cafe Central hamburger. But <laughs> you're going to get a hamburger for the price that you need to eat with. So, like, we need to have, you know, supercuts. We need to have, uh, you know, Applebee's. We got to have it because it, there's a time and place for everything. You know, even me, myself, sometimes I'm tempted to go to like Cool Joe's and just get a basic cut. And I could do the rest at home or whatever, you know, because people do that as well. So, you know, I get it, man. There's times when it's like, you know, I want McDonald's. I don't know why. I just do and I need it. Yeah. And sometimes people just need to get their hair cleaned up and they don't have a barber. They don't have a place to go. They don't know. And they're like, you know, I just need to get something that's not what I have right now. Yeah. And hey, it works. There's nothing wrong with it, man. But like, just like, we, you know, we're drinking, you know, uh, the champagne of beer right now. We all know there's more expensive exactly. beer, yeah. more fancy shit out there. But sometimes... A Miller Lite just hits the spot, bro. It just See, is what it is. Bro, it's the same with Supercuts, man. Same with all those. So. You've been saying, dude. Bro, he's preaching yeah. again, dude. Yeah. He's preaching yeah. again. I got to give him a round of applause Facts. for that. He's preaching again. <laughs> this is the second time we got him preaching on here. 
But yeah, dude. Sorry. The point I took from that is there's a time and place for everything. Just like you said, dude. Like, you're on a long road trip somewhere in the middle of nowhere. You're tired. You've been driving for eight hours with a fucking car full of kids. That McDonald's looks like a fucking safe haven, bro. (laughs) I'm telling you right now. You know what I'm saying? And then, yeah, during pandemic, like, quarantine, like, some people's hair was getting fucking wild. And then one day, fucking Supercuts is open. I'm getting that fucking haircut, baby. Like, I don't care. Like, yeah, like you said, time and place, bro. It's all about that. Man, there's a, there's a point during this pandemic, I just ordered probably like a $30 clips off Amazon. And I told my girl, I'm like, yo, just buzz me off. I don't care. Just one size. Fucking buzz me off, dude. I, I need I need a haircut. I couldn't stand it. I remember doing a couple of FaceTime calls with my friends. They were like, look, my wife's going to cut my hair, man. Help help me out. I was like, all right, put me on FaceTime. <laughs> Now just coach them through cuts, man. A lot of them came out good. And I was like, you know what? You know, be- this is a great time for people to try new shit. Why not, man? Yeah. I'm, I'm all for it, but I'm not one of those dudes who, uh, and I can say this, I guess, because I'm old now, but I'm not one of those dudes who worry about my clients going somewhere else or people going, you know, like you're too expensive or whatever the case may be. I don't worry anymore because I've, I've learned that just like in any industry, food, which we just talked about beer, um, there's something for everyone all the time. Like, so like you're always going to be in demand to someone at some place, as long as you're advertising yourself, as long as you're there to, to let people know you exist. And that's it, man. There's so much because of social media too. And because of, of the wor- world we live in, anyone can make it, anyone can get their niche and everyone could, and anyone can do anything they want now, as long as they understand, like you got to put yourself out there. Hey man, if you're at Supercuts and you're putting yourself out there, Come get a cut. My name is Billy Bob, whatever. Hey, um, I, want, I just want to cut your hair, man. All right, cool. That's how you get started. That's how it, everything works, you know? So I, I support everyone's, uh, I guess, uh, journey, you know? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Or if you want to start a podcast, start a fucking yes. podcast. Go yeah. ahead and do that too. Start one right now. Yeah, dude. That's what's up. So you mentioned to me, like, speaking about podcasts, that you actually used to have your own podcast, right? You said that. You uh, did a podcast with one of your friends. Uh, what was that about? This thing called Life Podcast. It was a short-lived one. I think we did like 15 to 20 episodes, something like that. And, um, you know, I had a lot of fun with that because it wasn't barbering related. And I don't enjoy talking about barbering as much as I like to talk about life. And so for me, it was an outlet. And my it was my buddy's child. Uh, you know, it was my buddy's baby. It wasn't mine. But I was the co-host. So he would record... Uh, he would, he came up with cool music for the intro, you know, sound effects like you guys have and all that. And I really enjoyed it, man. Um, I think he lost a little interest in it and decided to go a different route, which is fine. Um, and I wasn't upset about it, but I really did enjoy it. So when I get invited to do podcasts, I'm more than willing to do it because I enjoy it. I think, uh, communication is a lost art today. And if we can actually sit down and talk with one another, I think we learn a lot. And, uh, I think that's why podcasts are popping right now, you know, and, People talk about crazy shit and people want to hear it. Joe Rogan, you know, it's a fucking nut, but people like him because he talks about crazy shit and gets people going. So not only does he talk about crazy shit, he talks to like all sorts of people from all works of life. Like, you know what I mean? He brings in so many different people. He gets different perspectives. And to me, that is very important to have different perspectives because that's how people start opening their mind and start thinking differently and realizing like, Hey, like, yeah, I might not be fucking pro drug, but if you're going to take some mushrooms every once in a while, that's fine. That's on you. Like, you know what I mean? If people don't always have to have that hard line stance on everything at all times. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what I think that like something like the Joe Rogan experience, which is like by far the most fucking fucking popular podcast I've ever fucking seen. 
because everybody's on this shit. Like everybody knows about it. Everybody's at least seen it. Yeah. And like they do a good job of doing that, of like expanding people's brains and throwing these thoughts out there that you you wouldn't hear anywhere else. You know what I mean? And I know you're a big fan of that. I'm a big Joe Rogan fan. I know you're a big fan yeah. of the fucking Joe Rogan yeah. podcast. Yeah, you could have an athlete one day, then you could have a doctor, scientist, environmentalist, you know, like it's just so diverse and you really do learn a lot from it, you know? You you're you're perspective on life changes a lot through those episodes uh comedians too like you you could have the best comedian in the world on that podcast but he'll teach you something about life and what he thinks and like it's just so, so i love i love joe rogan great podcast. so what did you what did you think about the kanye episode <sighs> you see uh i don't know man be I, honest be honest be honest so i'm, I'm, got, a, you, I'm a fan you, everyone has thoughts about it i <sighs> i thought it dude i was like I lost interest like probably like an hour. Yeah, it. maybe like 30 minutes in. I'm just like, I can't do this. I'm sorry. I can't. And I don't know why, but I was just turned off by like, just like the way like Kanye thinks, if that makes sense. I don't know if that makes sense, but just the way like he develops his thoughts and like it, I, I to me, like he's had so many other guests that like stood out and were like, they spoke like very elegantly and very like they fucking attracted you into the conversation. And I, I just I, with Kanye, I just fell off and I respect him as everything. Uh, music producer, rapper, everything he's done with music is fucking phenomenal. Like he's accomplished things that not a lot of artists accomplish. So, you know, I don't just hate on Kanye, but I just didn't I wasn't feeling the vibe. on Yeah, that one. It, it, it didn't catch my uh my attention. What did you think about it, dude? Well, I think you guys are all on point. I think the thing about Kanye is that he's not a podcast dude, you know? Right. So I'm wondering how they went about getting him on there because I, I think Kanye does like to speak. Obviously he, he rambles for a long time and he's three dimensional. He's thinking he's, he sometimes goes off the grid and comes back. And if you're not paying attention, if he doesn't lose you, you know, yeah, he'll lose um, you like that and he'll, he'll lose you quickly, you know? Um, but I do think he is a genius, but he's a troubled genius. And through the podcast, I think he needs to never do a podcast again. <laughs> he should probably never yeah. <laughs> do whatever rapping um, please. because I saw the David Letterman interview and that was, that was horrendous as well. It yeah, was way okay. worse actually. But I think that what I took away from it, minus all the negatives, the positive I took away from it, and this is probably because I grew up in the church and I heard some really horrible speakers in my life. So I could, I could, I could, I could digest Kanye. Um, Kanye, I do think he has a really good heart, um, but because of the way he's wired in his brain, he's going to need a lot of, and maybe he has it, I don't know, but I think he, his ultimate goal needs to have the resources uh, to help him focus these ideas that he has. Because I do think he loves human beings. He's just so bipolar and the way he, his brain functions is so random and quick and weird that I think he, if he had a cool team around him that help him focus, I think he could change the world. Like, you know, do some really cool inventive shit for us humans because you know, he's, he's right on a lot of subjects about us humans. And it's like, damn dude, if we could just have someone who was more articulate and more uh, organized with our thoughts and create something like this, you know, I think we would see some really cool changes in the world, yeah. which I think we need really bad, but he's just poor guy is so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> the way he yeah. just thinks is like, I'm just like, damn dude. Yeah. He, he'll lose you in a heartbeat. And it's like, but also, I mean, like, I guess I, I guess for me, it's like, I understand him because I grew up listening to so many different type of speakers that even when I didn't want to pay attention, I was guilted into paying attention. So I have this, like, 
idea of like, Hey, just hang, hang tight. <laughs> so I did it, but it was, it was, it was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it was definitely horrible. Yeah. But I, I also feel like, um, if you look at Kanye's like past and like the way his career developed to where it's at now, like the guy came from nothing in Chicago and look where he's at. You know what I mean? And so life had to have hit him so like fast, like so many times dude. like, this is the real world. This is how shit really is. Like, you know what I mean? And then you start making all this money and then you're important and you're wealthy and then you marry a Kardashian and dude, and then like, like I'm sure like living that type of lifestyle, like imagine that like would fucking fuck with the way you think, but it doesn't mean that you're not that smart, creative person that you were a long time ago. Yeah. I think what's going on with him is he's realizing now that he can get resources. So like he went through a phase where it was like, wow, I'm manifesting my thoughts. So like, if he wanted a shoe, he got a shoe. You want to close, you got to close. You wanted an A-list wife, you got an A-list wife. Yeah. The, the guy's manifesting shit out of his brain. Yeah. And and most human beings can't even fathom a sliver of that. So like, I think he's realizing now, okay, I did that for myself and now I've got to help humans by manifesting shit for humanity. And I think that's what, what I pulled from it, even though there was like, as he called, symphonies of like tangents that he went on. Yeah. Um. And I'm just down with that idea. I'm down with it. I, if we could just condense his whole shit into like 10 minutes would have been great, but I'm down. I'm, I'm with his heart. I understand where he's coming from and I really like it as an, as a creative type too. I, I, I love it, dude. I think, I think he's on point. He just needs the resources and the people to kind of harness him in and go, okay, Kanye, love that idea. But here's five people in different areas that can help you get to this goal or destination that you want to manifest. And I think, um, and hopefully they don't do it just for money. Hopefully Connie's smart enough to know like we need people who love humans and not money because money's going to just it's going to be the main goal and not to create better civilizations and you know human human principles and practices that we need for our families and and all that stuff. So Yeah. There you go again yeah. preaching again. There preach, you go. preach. Preaching, preaching, preaching. Here we are. Just trying not to go on a tangent. So, okay, so one of the things that I like when you told me this that like, it kind of, like, uh, not, like, struck a chord with me, but you were, like, hey, I don't always like to talk about just being a barber, you know? So, like, what else do you like to do? Like, what else does Mike get into, like, on a daily or weekly or monthly basis? Like, what is it that you have other interest in? Well, I, um, I'm a seasonal type person, um, but the, my mainstays would probably be I like to be fit, um, pretty fit. I like to pretty much eat eat clean most of the time, enjoy my weekends here and there, enjoy my wine and my drinks here and there. Uh, but mostly I really like fitness, man. And I like uh, personal development, read a lot of books, do a lot of audio, audible, uh, audible books as well. Just stuff like that. Um, I'm at the age, I'm 35, you know, when I was like in my late 20s, which most people in their late 20s, I hope, or some of them start doing like that, that uh, soul searching. Who am I? What am I doing on this planet? What's my purpose? You know, all that stuff. And I started doing that in my late twenties, and I just jumped off the cliff of self discovery, and it's it, it was it was kind of scary, um, leaving the church, leaving everything I knew, just kind of you know erasing the hard drive and just putting new truths in the hard drive, and you know taking what works and leaving what doesn't. And um, once I started doing that, man, it became an obsession. So, but in the last two or three, I'll say two or three years, I've come down on that a little bit. And just enjoyed the moments in life because you know when you're young you're you're always worried about tomorrow, yeah. the next day, and what's my career going to be, what's this going to happen, how am I going to? But now I'm in that place in my life where like, hey, I, I work out, you know, I cut hair, I have a beautiful family, and just trying to live life in the moment, have a glass of wine, and talk to two dudes about about life, and that's <laughs> yeah. honestly, man, that's 
that's it right now. Yeah. That's it. It's it's pretty simple. I mean, I'll have a moment where I'll watch football. You know, yeah. football's football right now. Uh, look cards, Pokemon, basketball, football. I'm a sneakerhead, kind of, once in a while. You know, just seasonal shit, man. You know, when you when you get into a mode, you're like, hey, you know what? I like that. I'm gonna drink IPAs for a month and a half, and then you're like, yeah, fuck that. I'll have a wine. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, sad. I'll try different shit. You know, I'm just, I'm just sporadic like that. You know, but but my mains, my main thing is self improvement, physically, mentally, spiritually. That's my thing. That's what I like to do. So. So um, I'll bring this up because you've mentioned it a few times, and I just want to ask the question. Like you said, you're a pastor's son, and obviously, to me, that seems like you would you would have grown up with a huge influence from the church in a way. And right now, what you said about kind of erasing the hard drive, um, did that mean getting away from religion as much, or 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 or, or am I reading too much into that? No, you're not. Uh... <laughs> It's tricky when I talk about this because I, I, I don't know where I stand myself. You know, I think that's part of self-discovery as well as being okay with not, like we said earlier, like sometimes, you know, we don't know everything and that's okay. We don't need to have a hard stance on everything. Even though culture and society tells us we need to know if you believe in God, if you don't believe in God, is it Jesus or is it Muhammad? I just think um, I've done enough research. I've done enough reading. I've done enough studying and soul searching to know very basic things. And I'll share those with you so you guys understand. It's super basic and it's just how I live my life is that I do believe that Christianity as, and other religions have a lot of the same themes running through them. And those themes are always like treat your neighbor as yourself, you know, don't hurt yourself, don't hurt, don't hurt others. And they're basic things, right? And we still, us humans still suck at those, right? Every <laughs> yes. time it's a political yep. race or, or this or this, we always take it too far. We offend our friends. We offend our mom, our brothers, our sisters. Maybe we even punch somebody or hurt someone or steal some. We're not good at being human already. Like just, and we've been alive for thousands of years. We still don't have like the basic shit that yeah. every religion talks about down. And that's the kind of shit that I realize that I can believe in. Like the truthful, deep shit that's only, and it's super basic, you know, love yourself, love others, treat each other good, treat yourself good, you know? And um, outside of, uh, you know, different religions, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, Jesus is the way, you know, or Muhammad is the way. I don't know. I, I know. I do know Jesus is dope. And I've, I've went to um, great lengths to read atheist descriptions of him during that time, uh, historians and, and uh, philosophers, and, you know, I've read the Bible, you know, but what I believe is the truths over the people, uh, over the idol segment of it. So it's like, you want to worship God, that's fine. God could be multiple things, that's fine. But let's not, I would say as human beings, push each other out because of religion. I decided to go ahead and leave it open. So if you believe in Jesus, I'm down with that. As long as you're not a, a strange one where you're hurting people doing it, you know, or using it as an excuse to hurt others, right. I'm good with that. You know, I'm good with whatever. Because even Jesus and Muhammad and these other great, great prophets and people who lived, remember they're they're also the some of the greatest humanitarians that ever lived. And that's what we're talking about really, right? Is being great humans, you know, because when you die, that's what you leave behind is how you treat human beings. So my whole thing is basic. Don't hurt yourself, don't hurt others. Everything else is debatable. It's optional, or you can receive all of it or deny all of it. You know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now, you know? Hey, yeah, good, good answer on that one, dude. I, I would say that I would identify as somebody that is not like truly, truly religious, but that grew up in a religious environment where to the, the to the point where I have all my sacraments like for from the Catholic Church yeah but it's like to me it just like it, it was just never like uh like 
<clears throat> I didn't grasp onto it in in the way that I like like some other people do. Like they grasp onto the idea, and to me, I was just more just like. Uh, you know, I'll kind of just like see what's up. I don't really know what's going on. I'm only fucking 15, 16 years old. I don't even know what I am like or yeah. who I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let alone fucking how the world is, was created and all this crazy stuff. But I mean, what do you think, Nick? Like, how do you feel about that? Well, I mean, I came from the same. <laughs> well, I mean, we came from the same family, you know, so way. we grew up the same way, you know, like we went to the catechism, the uh, what it was confirmation. confirmation. I mean, we went through all that stuff and. I don't know. It never really. Um, I mean, I have religious tattoos, but I, I, I do believe there's something, a, a higher power. I don't, I don't know what it is. I feel maybe it's more of an energy or energies. You know, I, I don't. And it sucks. Like we will not know what it is till you know we die. You know, like there's no answer. You know, and um, yeah, I think that's how I feel about it. Yeah, that shit's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. I think this is the first time we actually like got into some religion. Like here Some on the deep podcast, like because <laughs> normally, like you know, we'll talk politics if, if 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 the guest is up for it and if people want to. But you know, we 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 normally don't try to like you know push beliefs or anything like that. But I think every once in a while, like you have to open up and have these conversations. You like, have to wonder. Yeah, you yeah. have to wonder and 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 be able to accept. Like, hey, somebody feels a different way than I do. That's like fucking fine like that's not a fucking nothing's wrong with that yeah you know what i mean and that i think i love how you said i love how you said wonder right now that's that's so good like people lose their wonder yeah you know what i mean by the definition of wonder is like you know wonder is an open mind wonder is not a uh like a closed mind and i want to oppose my belief wonder is like what do you think what do you feel you know how do you interpret this that's wonder to me you know and we can't lose that you know when the even when the bible talks about uh having childlike faith i think sometimes we lose translation of that because of Hebrew and Latin and all these translations, but it's wonder. We're talking about wonder. We're talking about like, you know, having this, this awe for something that could be you know, a powerful energy. It could right. be God. It could be whatever, but, but having wonder and discovering and searching for it is like, I think the child, like in all of us, and we lose it somewhere along the line of getting old and trying to be right all the time. Like we don't gotta be right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Or maybe we're all right. Like, you know, like <laughs> it's okay. Like it's okay to wonder about it, man. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, we're shamed when we don't know. Why is that? Why do adults shame each other when we don't have an answer? You know, right. I hate that, bro. That makes no sense to me. Right. Yes. I love I love that. I love that response right there, dude. So let's uh, transition to a lighter note. We're going to start to begin to wrap up this podcast. Episode number 52 uh, featuring Michael Kelly, Barber Pro. Uh, grew up in New York. We talked about that. Talked about how he got into, you know, uh, barber school and wanting to pursue that passion and how he got to El Paso. So... Real quick, before we get into the five random questions, which is a segment we're just going to ask you some quick hitters. Um, like, what is your favorite thing besides, I would say, the people of El Paso? Like, do you have another favorite thing about El Paso? Like, is there anything else that you can pinpoint? Like, oh, this is fucking specific to here. I love Mexican food. Oh, <laughs> there it is. I <laughs> it's the best in El Paso, man. El Paso's yeah. got the best Mexican food, yep. honestly. Yep. What, what's your go-to spot oh man i mean shit it depends man i mean i like there's so many different ones like are we talking burritos tacos you know like the, in el paso there are so many different ways to get food like oh man like if you go to a chain restaurant out here and you just want tacos i would say like carnitas catatero but go Ooh, during fire. lunch not That's the afternoon because during lunch the steak tacos are fucking marinated there's they're tender <laughs> generous generous portion 
those are the best during lunch though. Uh, and fit. we have tons of food trucks that are phenomenal. I mean, it's and then you have Rafa's burritos. You got Ooh, Rafa's. Uh, yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Favorite burrito? Yeah. He just hit it on the head. Rafa's burritos. That place is fire, dude. Good, good shit. Some big good ass shit, burritos, man. huh? Um, okay, have you? Okay, and this is a random question, and I know Mies is going to get pissed off because he's not here to defend himself. But have you ever gone to Steak Pitos? <laughs> no, no. Okay, no. okay. Mies is safe now because yeah. he can't give us an on, honest opinion. Google Steak Pedos after this, um, and and it's on the east side. And if you want, maybe go over there one day and try it. And then send me, like, just a text on IG and say yes or no. That way I can throw it in Misa's face once he's back. Because this guy hates okay. Steak Pedos. I love the place. I love it, too. Everybody that's been yeah, on the fucking Pitos podcast the loves this place. But it's, like, a running theme that we have where we ask our guests about this. So um, let's get into the five random questions that we have for you. And then we'll start to wrap up this podcast. Are you ready for this, Mike? As ready as I can be. Nick, are you ready? Let's do it. All right. Question number one, guys. And the only reason I'm asking Mike this question is because I saw an IG picture where he was posting at the posted at the Union Draft House outside holding a nice beer, a tall one. So I wanted to ask him, what's your all-time favorite beer? That's a tough one right there. It's a Look toughie. At you see that stare he gave? He looked away like, God damn it. <laughs> Let's go back to religion questions. Uh, He's like, can we talk um, about God some more? Yeah, this is, uh, this this is, is way I'm, too hard. You know, I'm going I'm to surprise all of you guys. Being from upstate New York, my favorite beer is a Labatt Blue. Okay, what is that? Describe that. Is that an IPA, an ale? It's a Canadian it's a Canadian Pilsner drinking by Canadian hockey fans oh God. who get messed up and watch violent hockey. It's so, awesome. So how many of those do you need to have before you're passed out on your bathroom floor throwing up? <laughs> yeah, I've never tried with that particular beer before, but based off how delicious they are, I'm, I'm thinking like 12. Okay, 12. 12 I can do a sixer myself. I can, do, I can do a sixer on like a Friday or Saturday night by myself with maybe a couple shots in between. I'd be good. Nice. Okay. Nice. No nice. more than six, though. Then then we're going into danger zone, I think. I'm a Heineken fan. That's my beer. What about you, that's Nick? The, that's the green bottle. Uh, yes, sir. I'm a Tecate fan. Oh. Yeah. He's going with the Mexican, Mexican beer on that one. Keep I would have guessed I would have guessed that. You should have let me guess what your favorite beers were. I think right. I nailed it. <laughs> okay, so guess what my other it. favorite beer is. Let's see if he can Stella. get it. Oh, no. Another one. It's right on the table, man. It's looking at you. Oh, Bud Light? Yes, sir. Yeah, there you go. That's his oh, water okay. right there. That's his yeah. water bottle right there. Yeah, I drink these. Like, for every eight ounces of water I drink, I drink, like, two of these, <laughs> I would say. Okay, question, though. Question. <laughs> if you're going to drink Bud Light, let me ask you something. Can or glass? Because it does matter. Can or glass? I'm a bottle guy, honestly. I'm a can guy. You're a can guy? Yeah. Because I, I can. I have a theory about cans. Okay, go ahead. Spill. Here it is. Preaching about drinks and cans. I think Coke tastes better in a can, unless it's the Mexican Coke. True. I think beer tastes better in a can, you know, because there's something about the metalness of a can when you drink the beer. I think it releases a flavor, like a copper mug. You know, have you have like a, I don't know, like a, what do they call those? Moscow mules yes, or whatever, yeah. a copper mug. Yes, yes, yes. The metal, it just makes it hit differently. Yeah. I don't know. Yes. I love it. I like the taste of like that. Yes, I I'm vibing on this one. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. I agree 100% with you. And that's why drinking at the can today baby you know what i mean <laughs> you'll hardly ever see me with the bottle on this podcast guys i in fact you'll 52 never. episodes in and i don't think i've been 
here with the bottle. Unless it was a Halloween stream, we have to go back and check that out. But anyways, question number two. How do you feel about mullet-style haircuts? I'm for it. You're for it? Okay. <laughs> the only way I, the only reason I ask you, and this would have been better if Misa was here, is because he just recently got a fucking mullet. <laughs> it's a full-on fucking mullet, bro. And Hell I didn't think yeah, he was bro. serious about getting it, but he fucking got it. And I wanted him to show it to you and for you to, like, grade it or say, like, hey, maybe you can make it better this way, but... Overall, just to get your thoughts on mullets, Mike said he's a go. Yeah, dude. Mullets are fire. <laughs> mullets are fire. Mullets are fire. You know what? Let's, <laughs> let's just clarify, though. Let's A tamed mullet is fire. I don't want a mullet down your back, though. Okay. You know? Yeah. Give me just, like, cover your neck a little bit. That's dope. Yeah. You know, I've had a mullet. Two years ago, I had a mullet. <laughs> but it was, like, faded on the side. Had a nice little texture in the back. But don't be giving me this long. You know, don't, don't do that. Don't okay. do the whole... To the back. Don't do that. Just the yeah. neck. Neck is good. Okay, so you know, Mike's big asking, baseball player. Mike is asking not to disrespect him by having a, a long ass mullet. And I agree. Don't I agree. fuck with the mullet. It's a bad look. Yep. Just keep it clean, keep it short. You know, business in the front, party in the party back, in the whatever back. they call it, whatever however they say it. <laughs> That's what's up, yeah. dude. Just All cover right. your neck. It's Co- like a it's like a natural <laughs> scarf for the back of your neck. <laughs> <laughs> a natural scarf. Okay. Question number three. Because we are approaching that time of year, Thanksgiving is actually like in three fucking days, and then Christmas shortly after that, followed by New Year's. So, Mike, what is your favorite holiday of all time? Halloween. Oh, nice. Love Halloween. Nice. He's a Halloween guy. Okay, favorite uh, Halloween movie. I got Michael Myers. What do you got? Mm. You can take Michael, too, I if like- you want. We can share. We're all about sharing and caring. No, <sighs> I like Amityville Horror. Okay. The the Ryan Reynolds version. But then again, I don't know. There's too many. Uh, I'm huge. I'm huge on that shit too, man. Um, shit. You know, uh, I think anything um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is amazing. Oh, Number I like one that and two. one. I like that one. The 2003 one was good. Um, I mean, it's just a beautiful cast of sexy people getting chopped up. It's yep. fucking great. Uh, I think I'm going to go with that. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. Nick, horror movie. I'm going to go with Mike. Mike, yeah. yeah. Takes a chainsaw. Um, I would say, you know what? If I'm going to give you the best Halloween movies, because I don't want you to watch the whole fucking series. There's too many fucking movies. Watch one and two. Watch four and five. That's it. You're good. You watch those. You get the gist of it. You get scared as you'll ever be. And you probably see the best of Michael Myers right there yep. in his prime. Michael Myers is in his fucking prime back then. Maybe <laughs> He's, He's slicing and dicing. I, yeah. Hey, I love Mike Myers, man. In my house, we are huge buffs on those on those movies, man. Yeah. Even my son, he's twelve. Even twelve year old, let him watch. I don't care. Yep, we're all about it out here. Yep, let him experience it. That's how I grew up. I saw that shit when I was like eight. I pissed my pants like three times that night. But hey, <laughs> live and learn, bro. Live and learn. I'm still yep. here, right? <laughs> okay. So, question number four: um, Who would you consider to be your role model? Kobe Bryant. Mm. R.I.P. Wow. Yeah, that's a heavy one for me. That's yeah. a like, I mean, dead serious. No, yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Moment of silence for Kobe. All right. So, is that because you're like truly, truly like a big Laker fan, or like did you just like the Mamba mentality, just the way Kobe? I'm a Laker himself? fan. I'm a Laker fan because of Kobe Bryant. Okay, 
So you saw him playing and you're like, this guy is the fucking shit. I heard about Kobe Bryant when he was in high school. My buddy's aunt taught him in gym class oh, in shit. Lower Marion High School. Wow. So I heard about him by word of mouth first. And then Sports Illustrated got him. And then he went to the NBA. So I heard about him. Uh, and I was like, what? Like, really? He was like, yeah. And then when he hit Sports Illustrated, I just was nonstop about him. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's his mentality. He's the ultimate alpha male, I believe, in the proper modern sense you know yeah. he's not ignorant but he's very strong and strong-willed you know he works hard but he's also a family man you know what i mean he also is a businessman but he's also a purist of the sport it's very rare he's he's a paradox when you really work look at him he's a paradox he doesn't totally he does everything so well but people don't realize i guess that because they only see one angle of him but when you really get to know the guy and you really dive into what his life is it's pretty wild man pretty he's he's and i think lebron the same way too like i look at lebron and i'm like lebron's all those things as well and i can see why players look up to kobe so much and not so much people that you know maybe don't get as close and that's what i want to be in my life i want to be a a purist of my my art form i want to be an outstanding husband and and father i want to have you know multiple sources of income and i want to i want to just be able to teach generations you know after me you know and you know so and that's what he was doing and i think that's what what more can you ask for from a man you know and i think that's amazing like that's that's my shit you know hell yeah that's dude that's a great answer to yeah. that of yeah. course like kobe is and still is will be a role model to so many fucking people and and people that are my age people younger than us that just witnessed like kobe in his prime and he just was like the shit at it and it's cool to see, like, how high in regard you hold him. You know what I mean? And, like, you really value, like, the things that he had tried to teach people and instill in his family. And it kind of feels like, to me, you're trying to do that in your own life, which is, you know, obviously that's a very good thing. So shout out to you for that. That was a good answer. Uh, question number five that I had for you, and I think I just forgot the question, but... I got it right here. So question number five, if you were to sit in a room with a young Mike, let's say he's 15 to 16 years old and you know, he thinks he knows it all and he thinks he's got it all together. What would you tell him? What would you like sit him down and say, this is what you need to learn and realize right now. That's going to greatly benefit you in the future. I think I would tell him that everything's going to be okay. Continue to be, to be patient and don't be so hard on yourself because I think that's the root cause of all young men's failures and collapses. You know, it's okay to fail. It's okay to mess up, but I think they're so hard on themselves when they do it. And because of arrogance, they pretend like they're not. It's like that weird psychology. And I think every young man needs to hear that, you know, especially from their fathers or any mentor. Um, and I had a great mentor when I was, when I was 19 years old, but still, I think every young man, not just me, but every young barber, every young man needs to hear that, those things. Be patient, continue to work hard, but don't be hard on yourself. Just one day at a time, man. Yep. That's it. Shit, I needed to hear that right now. Yeah, there, you go, there you go. I, I really Shit. did. I really you did. spoke to him right there. Yeah. The one thing that I like that you said, well, I mean, I like the whole thing that you said, but the point to me that resonated the most was everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Because I just remember like thinking back to when I was younger Cause I'm, it's not like I'm old, but I mean, like just like a younger version of myself and thinking differently about how the world works and all these things. And I always was like worried about like, fuck, dude, like, I don't know how I'm going to get by. Like, how is this? You know what I mean? Like it was a constant, like, and I wasn't saying I was like poor, but it was just like 
a constant worry all the time. And then now, like when I look back and I was worrying about like, how would I ever get through this? And I see now that it's like, Hey, yeah, dude, you're going to be fine. Like, yeah, you know, just go through the motions, take it day by day. Don't overthink, don't overstress yourself. And like, you know, everything, like you said, everything's going to be good. So that was a very good, very good response. Nick is like in tears right now. (laughs) Yeah. All right, guys. So with that being said, let's wrap up this podcast. Let's go around the virtual Zoom meeting here. Let's give our final thoughts on today's pod. Nick, final thoughts? I think we really needed a guest like this. I mean... We not only talked about your occupation, but, you know, your beliefs and, like, what you think on life. And you're right. We, we really don't have that on this podcast. We haven't had that on this podcast, you know. So it was good to get your input on everything. And I really enjoyed this this episode, man. Hell, yeah. Hell, yeah. What about you, Mike? Final thoughts on today's podcast? Um, I think that one day we should go have beers. Let's do it. And eat, <laughs> eat tacos. Yes. And just have someone film the conversation. Let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. We can do that for sure, dude. I mean, that that should be something that we should really, really, really think about doing. Um, obviously, you know, once this COVID thing settles down a little bit. But um, I think that's a great idea. And honestly, like, I really do want to just thank you for coming on here today, man. Like, I know I hit you up literally out of nowhere. Like, I don't even know. Like, sometimes people don't even respond to me when I hit them up. But you were lucky and kind enough, or sorry, I was lucky and you were kind enough to actually respond to me and to to say, hey, yeah, dude, like, let's let's put something together. So, like, that was really cool. So, shout out to you for that. But other than that, dude, I had a really good time today getting to know you. And, like, you're a really interesting guy and, like, you mean well and, you know, you're very passionate about what you do. And I'm like, I'm glad that you were here today. So, uh, one more time, can you just tell anybody that wants to follow you on IG where they can find you? Yeah, sure, guys. On my Instagram, it's m.r.k.thebarber. So that's my initials, m.r.k.thebarber. Yeah, so, and he also said he did share, uh, he shared um, on on our on your story, right, uh, a post with us. So go check that, that out, guys. That way you can follow him. Once again, Mike, thank you for being on this podcast, episode number 52, Conversing with Chris and Misa, the podcast. Make sure that you guys go check us out on Facebook, like us on Instagram, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Apple Podcasts, rate and review. With all that being said, guys, we're going to go ahead and call it a night, episode 52, Conversing conversing with Chris and Misa, the podcast. We are out politics if 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 the guest is up for it and if